Slice Audio. Here we go, another episode of Citizen's Arrest. How's it going there, Brenda Medina? Where's your buddy, Kelvin? (laughs) I'm good. Uh, Kelvin is working some odd hours lately. We were kind of talking about this before uh, we started recording, but we are really, really working hard up in the north portion of our city. Obviously, over the last year or so, many months, we've seen an uptick in violent events to include assaults, shootings, homicides, you name it up in that area, a lot of drug activity as well. So a renewed focus on proactive law enforcement efforts in that area, especially after dark, but definitely 24-7. Lieutenant Moser has been working plenty of night shifts, helping bolster the efforts up there. And so I would imagine he'll be continuing that into October when we might see him back. Well, don't take this as anything bad, but I can tell that you are wiped out (laughs) right now. You are not your your chipper self. Yeah, it's been a long summer. It's been a very busy summer for law enforcement and uh, been very taxing on law enforcement and public safety resources as a result. So we are running very, very hard Mm -hmm. in our efforts to get control of some of the violent events that we've seen plaguing this specific area of our community. I'd like to say that it's having an effect. Obviously, we, I'm knocking on wood right now, but we've seen a reduction in some of the critical events that we've seen in the past up there over the last several weeks. And so I can only interpret that as a sign of our efforts working up there. Uh, But we're going to continue them because that's the last thing we want is to uh, say, hey, okay, we got a handle on this. Now we can step back and then, you know, as a result, have those criminal actions continue to plague that area in the vacuum that's created. So, Well, what you guys do does not go unnoticed, and we appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. I would encourage you to chat with anybody that lives up in that neighborhood. I'm sure they can tell you that they have seen a uh, dramatic increase in the law enforcement presence up there. I've even noticed it in my neighborhood. Have you? Yes. When I'm out walking in the evening, there's cops driving by constantly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want to send a message to uh, the folks that choose to victimize people up in that area that uh, we are in it for the long haul. We are going to work to hold you accountable if that's something that you choose to do. Wow, thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Brandon, yeah. did you want to start with local crimes? I do. Uh, I had a couple of questions. We had it in our news story that uh, some people had stole some copper <laughs> stuff. And I'm not sure if that was Rapid City involved or if it was county. But, you know, they'd stole. And, and I mean, I'm using this story as the example. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, theft in our area has been on an uptick for a while, it seems like. Uh and they were caught right away, though. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like there was three people. I want to know if, they, if you have any insight to that story that was a that was a rapid city incident and so this had actually happened monday very early in the morning we get a report from a uh, construction site down in the south portion of the city they had had a trailer broken into are missing uh, a number of uh, metallic items copper fitting you know valuable metals a significant amount of those as well as some tools and other stolen items so as we're taking that report then we get a call from a business over on Eglin Street alerting us to some suspicious activity folks who are trying to sell a large amount of metal that matches the the 
report that we we had just taken. Wow. And so the officer who initially responded to the original call responded to the address on Eglin, a uh, metal recycling business, and was able to locate the stolen property, identify it, positively identify it as the property that was stolen from the construction site, and then identify the three individuals that, that were responsible, place them under arrest. They all, they all got placed under arrest for receiving sto- stolen property. And then we also found uh, some drugs and paraphernalia in the vehicle that they were driving around in, and a couple of them had some warrants too. So we, wow. were, we were able to recover that, that stolen property. I can tell you it was nearly 200 pounds of uh, metal of value um, wow. that we recovered. And the investigation into that uh, continues. How much money wow. do you think they would have gotten for all that? Thousands of dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. My that's dad crazy. was an electrician, so I know all about the copper thing. Sure. Well, um, that's one of the things that we've been really trying to do with limited success is just work with uh, some of these recycling companies who are taking in this precious metal offering people cash for it. Obviously, it creates an environment where theft can thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talk about the precious metals associated with catalytic converters. You know, somebody walks in, has a couple, maybe three, four catalytic converters, different sizes, different models, whatever. It sort of, uh, it, it looks a little sketchy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that gut feeling tells you maybe you should call police have us look into it. Working with these recyclers to be able to identify when that's happening and just try to get a handle on the market that exists because of these recycling companies and trying to get a handle on that. A lot of people probably don't really realize what they're doing. Like in this situation, when they stole all these fittings, it could have been a, a municipality, you know, a, doing a construction company doing something for the city, for yeah, the county. It could be in government and, or, you know, government facilitated infrastructure exactly you know your water pipes even aside from them getting in trouble the construction company being out of it but that's got to be replaced and so if it's thousands of dollars in recyclable metal yep that's probably even twice to three times that in what the actual item is the fittings so doing that job so now that construction company either a has to take the hit Mm -hmm. and they're not making any money now right or b Mm -hmm. the city the county or the subdivision or the builder mm-hmm. or whomever is paying for it has to then pay for that. Then, it, you know what I mean? The trickle down effect, I guess, is what I'm saying is eventually it all kind of comes out of our pockets, possibly, you know, the cost of mm-hmm. building something goes up because they're like, well, if our stuff gets stolen, you yeah. know. Well, it, it, you're exactly right. It's very easy to look at a single crime and, you know, try to pinpoint a single victim. But the reality with most crime that happens is even though there's a single victim that's targeted in that, that trickle-down effect leads to victimization throughout the community. So you're absolutely right on that one. You've heard us talk about this a million times on this show is if you see something suspicious, say something because we all have a stake in that. Trust your gut. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If it looks out of place, it probably is. If there's something in the community as far as like how people can help, and I know we've kind of talked about this before, but maybe we could bring it up a little bit again. But yeah, if as like we had talked about neighborhood watches a few episodes back mm-hmm. and things like that, is there a way maybe somebody lives in a community, a, a neighborhood that's good, they don't need to do a neighbor watch or, you know, I don't whatever reason, right? Is there a way they can kind of help out or is it more would you rather people kind of help out from their own 
house or work. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Way they can volunteer, I guess. Let me throw this out as an example. One of the major issues that we see driving the, the increase in violence incidents that, that we're seeing up on the north side is gang activity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gang activity, more often than not, is there because the, the gang affiliation is filling a vacuum that exists among youth in that area, and, and that vacuum is created by a lack of mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's, it's not getting, you know, the mentorship that they need within the home, within other parts of their life, they turn to the gang affiliation as a way to fit in, as a way to belong, right? Yeah. And uh, gang affiliation is notorious for, you know, committing crimes, and so taking kids down a very negative path that's not conducive towards a bright future, right? Well, what we are trying to help facilitate in that area, and, and you see a little bit of it in, in the work that uh, our community engagement specialist, Tyler Reed, is doing up there, is trying to provide that positive mentorship for kids in that area, um, providing a safe place for the kids to be uh, at times during the day, kind of like an after-school program that he's running out of a, an office up there, you know, helping the kids, you know, spend their time, you know, working on art projects or uh, positive projects. Got a little mini library up there that can help provide something for these kids to do other than getting into trouble. Wow. And so what we would like to see or what would be really cool is if there are those in the community that are looking to help out, we would like to see some more mentors stepping up mm-hmm. that they can go into this neighborhood and, and help provide that positive role model for these kids. And by a, by a mentor, what would you think they would need to do? Like, could it be donating books, maybe bringing in books and doing, if you're maybe a retired teacher right. or maybe you're just educated enough, you think you can kind of right. kind of come in and do some after school work with people or Well, I uh, I mean everybody's got a hobby. Everybody's yeah. got, you know, a special skill, right? Yep. You know, whatever that special skill is, you know, consider come coming in and sharing it with these kids. You know, you never know what's going to resonate with kids, what they might latch on to. So if your hobby is stamp collecting or you know, any of the, the uh, out there hobbies that you can imagine. Music. Yeah, music. Yeah. For me, it's like uh, building Lego and remote control planes. Like, you know, anybody can share what they're passionate about. I think some of these kids just need to see that they can be passionate about something, too. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. So we, we all have the power to do that. We could help out. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, question from the public. Is social media used to help find suspects or to solve issues in the public? Absolutely. And that's right up my alley because I run the social media page for the Rapid City Police Department. And uh, that comes with a a good level of understanding of the power of social media, um, whether you are using it to put messages out or to receive messages. Um, But I can also tell you that our uh, criminal investigations division, even sometimes our patrol division, our officers are using social media to gather information on incidents that happen in Rapid City. Wow. A lot of information gets posted to social media. I think you guys saw this a few weeks ago when we were investigating a double homicide. We had put out information about a vehicle that we were looking for, and we (laughs) people had had dug up that... uh, just the day before the double homicide, a person had just purchased that vehicle. Yes. And like we see on dealership 
you know, social media pages all the time. Yep. They were congratulating that person by name on the purchase of their new vehicle, which the next day was used as a, as a suspect vehicle, yep. a double homicide. So, yeah, Crazy. we use social media all the time because there's a lot of information that gets posted there. Okay. Well, and, and also, like anymore, it seems like the youth, it, did it really happen if it's not posted somewhere? Right. So it's like you don't get no credit if you don't show it. <laughs> right. So well, stupid. and <laughs> we had a negligent j- discharge case up, you know, in the apartment complexes up north. It was a juvenile that was firing off a gun near those apartment complexes, and that one got solved because he posted a video of him doing it to social media. So... What I would remind people, and maybe this is a deterrent effect too, is that know that, you know, social media is a very powerful tool uh, in terms of holding people accountable for the the actions that they choose to uh, do in our community. Also remember that there's, you can't hardly go anywhere without being on video nowadays. True. Yeah. So uh, really think, uh, I I think that should help people to think twice about doing bad things in the community. Well, nothing makes you look stupider than getting caught doing something stupid. <laughs> and then and then being able to sit there and review the footage right. with people that caught you doing stupid things. Well, you and, know? and you know, you you can even extend that into um, you know, we've our officers have been wearing body cameras for several years now. And so there was a little bit of hesitancy. There was this big feeling of, of maybe Big Brother, like yeah. watching our officers' actions. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually for the protection of the officers because we know yeah. our officers are out there doing the right thing. What it does capture is other people's behaviors. And so an officer can respond to a call for service where they're interacting with somebody probably outside of the normal way that they live their life. And that person can come away not happy with what the officer had to do as a resolution to the incident. And so that'll generate a a complaint. Well, when that complaint comes in, we can automatically go to the officer's video to review the the validity of the complaint. Uh, More often than not, it is people who were in a state of mind that is not normal Mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason, whether it's elevated adrenaline or drug use or any other sort of intoxicant. And they interpreted the situation much differently at the time than it actually went down. So we can review the video and call them back, be like, hey, this is what we saw. The officer was nothing but courteous and trying to help you. Uh, You refused to give the officer information. Uh, And so as a result, the officer wasn't able to help you in the way that you wanted to. And then we can invite them even in to watch the video. And oftentimes it stops there because then it all kind of, they remember the way that they were acting. But if they still want to come in and see the video, then we'll we'll happily show it to them. And then a lot of times they're like, okay, yeah, okay, I see why, why that was resolved the way it was based on my behavior. So do you have any friends, fellow officer friends in Pier? I was just going to bring this up. <laughs> the city That's of so Pier. I don't know if I do. I just I know a guy who got a speeding ticket just the other day and and uh he just didn't know maybe you could help him out with that. But it's <laughs> fine, it's fine. Uh what's the backstory here? Uh supposedly the guy uh <laughs> was going to his son's football game. His daughter had to pee, kind of forgot about the time change was kind of in a, a little bit of a hustle, I guess you would say, maybe a hurry. The officer that pulled him over was very courteous and kind, is what he said. Sure. <clears throat> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> but anyways, I got a speeding, or this guy got a speeding <laughs> ticket, 
the other day, but yeah, <laughs> no, but no, yeah, it was totally me. But uh, no, I totally can't. There's no. The guy's like, well, if you want to fight this in court, I'm like, why would I? I know for a fact I was speeding, and you, I was, yeah. So it was very nice of him. He was very nice too. Do you, you get a ticket or a warning? Or oh, it was a straight ticket. Okay. Yeah, it's a straight up. And he, uh, it, uh, but hey, you know, could have been worse. Sure. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, um, it, it sounds like that officer was just out there doing his job, and he yeah. did it in a very courteous way. And he did very well. Which is the way that uh, it should be. And, and how much money do you have to pay? It's, you know, I, I believe it's like 117 bucks or something. I don't know. You know, they're they're not uh, afraid to charge you. That's like 15 minutes of a tip jar at one of your shows, right? I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish. If you wanted us to play Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. So the next time you see Brandon in concert, we're trying to raise money to help him pay the speeding ticket. Yeah, that's right. We got to pay that baby off. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Okay, kids question. Yes. Do you have any officers that can shoot webs like Spider-Man? Ooh, you know, I I wish I could say yes because that would really help in the crime-fighting world. Spider-Man definitely has an advantage over over your normal patrol officer in that way. Would you guys hire Spider-Man? Yeah, Spider-Man seems like a, a good guy with a very, he's got a lot of integrity. He understands that with great power comes great responsibility. I think he would make a great asset to the police department. Do you know what Spider-Man's real name is? Yes. What is it? Peter Parker. <gasps> Michael will be so excited yes, that you know that. absolutely. <clears throat> I love Spider-Man. He's one of my favorite superheroes. He wants me to change his name to Peter Parker. Ooh. And oh. are you going to? No. Oh. No. 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 What, yeah. what, what about adding a middle name? We possibly could. <laughs> We'd have to change his current middle name, though. Okay. Fair. Well, you can have Michael two Peter names. Parker. Michael <laughs> Peter Parker Rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so on that Spider-Man thought, though, don't you guys have, like, some of those net-throwing things? New. So some other agencies might have those. There's a product out there called – it's called the Bolo Rat, right? Oh. It's a – less lethal detainment device. Essentially, you know, it's like a taser, but instead of shooting two electrified probes, it actually shoots out, you know, uh, two metal balls that are attached by a long string Yeah. with the idea of, you know, they hit the person and then wrap around them and tie it up and can keep them from running. Hog time. Yeah, exactly. And if you, if you look up any videos of those, they're pretty cool. Yeah. So far, our, our agency has not made the decision. I can see where that. they wouldn't be as effective. You know what I mean? Because uh, you got to get pretty lucky with it, right? Because you're trying to either, A, obviously it's both the legs. Mm-hmm. So if they're running and you catch one leg, well, then they just have something wrapped around their one leg and they're right. running. Still. Well, it's it's pretty cool because it's, it's got like a, you know, you imagine like what's on a laser level, like yeah. a straight line laser. It shows you, you know, just about where it's going to hit that person wow. and wrap them up. That's cool. Yeah. So there's a ton of cool technology uh, I wonder if you get one of them on Amazon. Yeah. I would like to just have one of <laughs> from my friends. Um, well, if we do adopt this, would you be one of the first test subjects? Maybe not the first. I would shoot it. Sure. If you guys want to run, I'll shoot it. Hey, Michael has a spider shooter. Spider web shooter. Nice. That's got to be fun around the house. Fly. Maybe I should bring. Maybe I should bring it in. We you should. We do have this piece of gear. It's called the wrap. Uh, it's a safety restraint system. So if we have somebody who's, you know, we get them into handcuffs and the handcuffs just aren't enough. Like maybe they're kicking at people or trying to kick out the back back window of a police car. We can take them out. We can put them in this wrap, and it's designed to put them in a position. 
uh, a restrained position that allows them to breathe, allows them to safely sit there, but keeps them from being a danger to themselves or a danger to others. Wow. So we we do have that tool at our disposal, and it is very helpful in the right circumstances. So uh, I guess think of that as a, a more stationary spider web. I yeah. kind of think it's similar, yeah. Similar, yeah. A little mm-hmm. Spider-Man-like. Yeah. yeah that's so. cool. Yeah. There's do that. You, anybody on the force named Peter? <laughs> or Parker? Uh, yeah. We don't have any Parker. <laughs> uh, well, we do, we, we do have one Parker, um, actually two Parkers, but that's their first name. So, oh, well, close. Yeah. guess that's it. Yeah. Maybe if they carried around that restraining device, then <laughs> that's as close as we got. Yeah, so Spider-Man, if you're out there listening, we'd love to talk to you about it. Some, is, some help you can give our agency. I think he is a huge fan. He's messaged in a few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you for everything yeah. you do we'll, again. We'll and try to bring uh, Kelvin next time. Yeah, and no matter how tired you get, no, it doesn't go unnoticed, all the work that you do. Well, thank you so much, guys. And, and yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, I've said it. A million times before, and I'll never stop saying it, you know, we are very fortunate to work for a very, very supportive community. And, you know, I, I think it's easy to get distracted sometimes with, you know, you're you're getting called to so many bad things. You're, yeah. you're in, uh, interacting with people on their worst day and, and people who are not in a good situation. And it's easy to lose sight of you know, the vast majority of other people who you don't work with on a regular basis, because let's face it, nobody calls the cops when they're having a good day. But we have to constantly remind ourselves that the vast majority of people that we very rarely work with are the ones that have our back. So uh, we are very, very, very thankful to work for the supportive community that we do. Great. Cool. And thank you for answering all of our questions Absolutely. today. If you have a question, email us citizens arrest at homesliceaudio.com. Citizens Arrest is hosted by Amy Rose, Brandon Jones, Brendan Medina, and Lieutenant Mosier. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment. Affirmative.